with you this morning. If you haven't grabbed an element for communion, go ahead and do so. We're going to be worshiping together a God who deserves to ever be praised this morning. He's worthy, so sing along with us. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. Your love is enduring and through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today. Faithful you have been And faithful you will be You pledge yourself to me And that's why I sing your praise You will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise you will Ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise you will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise you will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your father, the orphan, your kindness makes us whole, your shoulder our weakness, your strength becomes our own, you're making me like new. ashes for you will have your bride free of all her gift rid of all her shame and known by her true name and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips, your praise you will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise you will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips You will be praised, you will be praised With angels and saints we sing
Okay, you can be seated. This is, um, you can probably tell those of you who come here regularly, this is going to be a little bit of a different uh, type of service, and we do this on purpose. Um, so let me explain, first of all, if you are a guest of ours and you're new today, um, as you came in, you were given a worship guide. And if you don't mind, I want you to take that card out and uh, just fill it out. Uh, let us give us some contact info. It can be a cell phone number or, you know, or I was going to start to say a credit card number. That won't work. Uh, but a cell phone number or a home address or an email address, we're not going to bother you or anything. We're going to send you one little piece of correspondence just to thank you for coming and say how we can minister to you. And that's it. And I'll tell you what to do with that card a little bit later um, in the service. But we are glad that you're here. Uh, I trust everybody had a, a great, 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 great Thanksgiving. Uh, I certainly did. Let me just take a moment and welcome. We got a couple of new guys leading worship for us today. Uh, David is to my left, to your right. Parker's to my right uh, here and would be to your left. Uh, they are welcoming, they're uh, leading us in worship today. And so we're really, uh, really, really grateful to have them. So let me tell you how this is going to be different. And, 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 and let me just kind of prepare you and warn you, because as you well know, our churches, I guess like most churches, we're infamous for having people come in late, so they probably won't know what's going on either. But we, are, we do this several times a year, and um, we do the Lord's Supper. And, and I have people ask me a lot of times, why don't you do the Lord's Supper every Sunday? And we could. There's no set time to do it or not do it. But when we do the Lord's Supper, we just feel like rather than make it a tack on that some people do every Sunday, and that's fine, I'm not being critical, but we just think it ought to be special, and we think it ought to be really the focus of what we do. So we, we decided uh, months ago as we were planning this service and talking about this Thanksgiving weekend that why don't we just spend some time doing just what we've celebrated? Uh, I think too often, just like a lot of holidays, you know, take Memorial Day. You know, we enjoy Memorial Day, but how many, do really stop, how many of us really stop and thank God for the people who gave their lives that we might be free? We usually don't do that. And then Thanksgiving, we, you know, we might say a perfunctory Thanksgiving prayer, but we don't spend a lot of time just really focusing on the goodness of God. So what we're going to do is we're going to have this, is, is, some of you may remember, it's kind of like uh, an old-fashioned prayer meeting. If you're like me and grew up in a, I grew up in a country church, and you know, if you're like me, um, it's, uh, I used to, we used to have prayer meeting every Wednesday night. And believe it or not, we would pray. Well, that's what we're gonna do today. We're going to pray. And I'm gonna lead us into five parts of prayer. That's why we're talking about, in fact, we've titled this service today, Let's Pray Together, because we don't do a lot of that. And so what I'm going to do is, is we're going to take you through some, some parts of prayer, and hopefully, not only will it motivate you to pray, it will teach you how to pray. We're going to have some songs mixed in, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper, and it's just going to be a sweet, sweet service. So let me just begin, and, and there are five parts to prayer, and I'm going to lead you in every one of those parts, okay? So you don't need to take notes today unless you just want to. It's not really that kind of a service. But we're going to begin today by what I call adoration, okay? Adoration, that should be on the screen, okay? We're going to be praising God for who He is. So I want you to do something right now. I want you to forget about your to-do list, forget about going back to work tomorrow, forget about overeating at Thanksgiving, forget about, we're going to have confession in just a moment. But, but forget about all that. I, let's just for a moment, would you clear your mind of everything except God? Don't think about your family. Don't think about the shopping you got to do. Don't think about Christmas holidays. Don't think about, uh, we haven't even started decorating. Forget all of that. I want you to really concentrate on God, praising God 
for who he is. Psalm 95 says this, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And in your heart right now, just, just do that. Just, just, just in your heart. We're here to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Another verse is Psalm 99.5. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. He is holy. The first thing that I do every morning when I get up and I read my Bible and have my quiet time, um, I take the Lord's um, word seriously. He says, if you're going to come into my presence, enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. So the first thing that I do when I begin to pray is I praise. And, and, and I know now why God said that. Because, and in fact, I'm reading a book on prayer right now. And, and, and if you're like me and prayer is hard work and you find it tough to do and it's difficult, and, and I, I'm going to say something and I know you're going to agree with this because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. How many times have you said, okay, I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to really get serious about prayer. And, and you really mean it. You're, you're sincere. But you're not 30 seconds into that prayer and you start thinking about what you need to be doing. And you think about, man, I, I've got to get this done. I've got to go here and I've got to run this errand. I mean, it happens to all of us. And I think one of the reasons why God says, why don't we begin by praise is because when you're praising somebody else, you're focusing on that person. And so the first thing we ought to do when we begin to, do, that when we begin to pray is praise because praise focuses our full and total attention on God. So we're going to begin today by focusing on God's goodness. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and this is where it gets a little bit awkward. That's all right. I, I was reading uh, in, in this book on prayer. It was such a great first chapter I read this morning because this guy is just so transparent, and he says things that's true about me, but I just hate to admit it, okay? One of the hardest things about coming to church is quiet. We don't do that a lot in church, right? In fact, you know, if you're a worship leader like I am and a pastor, I'm big on flow. Man, let's keep things flowing, you know, keep the people engaged. Well, what I want to ask you to do is wherever you're sitting, I want you in just a moment to bow your head, and I want you to praise God. Now, there's all kinds of things you can praise God. You can praise God for, for who he is. You may say, you know, in fact, let me just ask you this. If somebody walked up to you today and they said, okay, word association, first word that comes to your mind when I say God. Some of you would say, well, first thing I think about with God is God is great. Okay, then praise God for his greatness. First thing I think about with God, I thank God, I, 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 his guidance. I'm grateful that he got, then praise God for his guidance. Um, boy, I think about God's good all the time. That's what I think about, goodness. Then praise God for his goodness. So I want you to take a moment, and I want you just to bow your heads right now, close your eyes, focus on the Lord, and just pour out your praise to him. Just, just right now, praise him. And then I'll pray in a moment, then we're going to have a song. So just right now, just spend some time just praising the Lord.
Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Open my lips. My mouth will declare your praise. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Lord, if we didn't do anything else today, if we didn't get any other thing accomplished today, if we just praised you, we just exalted you, we elevated you, we magnified you, we glorified you, it'd be a great day because we are praising the God that already knows what we need before we ask it. We are praising the God that always accomplishes his purpose for us. We're praising the God that is good to us all the time. So Heavenly Father, the God who gives us life and liberty, the God who loved us so much he sent his only son to die for us, the God who never leaves us, never forsakes us, we praise you, we bless you, we exalt you, we glorify you, we magnify you, and we do all of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. My sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested in my life was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life Oh, your grace, sovereign, washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins with you. It's a from my chains I'm a prisoner no more my shame was ransom me faithfully bore he canceled my debt and he called me his friend 
I read often in scripture when you worship the Lord is just clap your hands all you but just give the Lord another hand would you do that just praise the Lord for his goodness and his greatness so in adoration you, you focus on God's greatness God is a great God greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable but then the second part he said enter into his gates with thanksgiving thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done praising God is adorations praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. I was having a, a talk yesterday uh, with one of my grandchildren and um, talking about, just talking about attitude in general. And um, I said, you know, I said, you, you always have a choice in life. Uh, 
You can choose to grumble about what you don't have, or you can choose to be grateful for what you do have. My mentor, Adrian Rogers, used to say you can be grumbly hateful or humbly grateful. And uh, too many people in life choose to be grumbly hateful. One of the things I've asked the Lord as I uh, get on in my years of living is, uh, Lord, don't ever let me be a grumpy old man. Just to be honest with you. I just, you know, um, I think I'd rather be around a skunk than be around grumpy old people. Just nothing like it. And, 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 and really, no matter what your circumstances of life are, there's always so many things to be thankful for. Psalm 9-1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell all of your wonderful deeds. And then Psalm 95 says this, let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. So we enter into his courts with praise. Lord, we adore you, bless you, exalt you, magnify you. And then we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So our prayers are to be bathed with an attitude of gratitude in the midst of any circumstance. And let me just say this. I, I, I understand probably more than some of you think. Because I talked to people this week. I called a lady Wednesday night who I found out was having a tough time because her husband, who was one of my best friends, just passed about two months ago. And she was just shattered, just crushed. I called her Wednesday night just to have prayer with her and just to talk with her. I realize for some of you, this was your first Thanksgiving without your spouse. It was your first Thanksgiving without your son or daughter, brother or sister, mom or dad. It was your first Thanksgiving since you've been diagnosed with cancer. It's your first Thanksgiving since you lost your job. And it's not easy at times. I understand, I get it, it's not easy. But gratitude is a choice. I told my grandson this yesterday. You can choose. I said the, the, the easiest way to be unhappy is just choose to be unhappy. If you choose to be unhappy, guarantee you'll be unhappy. If you choose to be happy, you'll be happy. Choice is up to you. We don't control what happens to us. We do control how we respond to what happens to us. So I want us just to spend some, some time right now just thanking God. Let me just give you one example. I walked out of my green room. I was walking into the worship center a minute ago. And I went over and got a drink of water out of one of the, uh, out of the, out of the uh, dispensers over there. And it hit me. There's a billion people in the world today that has no access to clean water. We take that for granted. Every single time you lean over a water fountain and you get some water, you just take it for granted. Have you ever just said, Lord, I just thank you that I have access to fresh water? There are a lot of people today around the world, and I pray for them every Friday, persecuted Christians. If they do go to church, it's underground. They go knowing they could be arrested. They could be killed. That's, that's just... Their life, that's the way they live. We don't think a thing about driving to church. We don't think a thing about walking into this building. We don't have to worry about any of that. So many things in life we take for granted. Here's what I want you to do. You know, I told you a moment ago, focus on God. I want you to focus on God again, but here's what I want you to do. Ask God right now to reveal some thing or things to you 
that you take for granted. This past Thursday, most of us ate more than in a day. Most of us ate more in one meal than some people eat in a week. Take it for granted. So think about some things that you, you say, you know, I, I haven't thanked the Lord for this in a long time. And let's spend some time right now. Let's just thank the Lord together. And as I pray for us in just a moment, allow me to give thanks for things that we never, ever think about giving thanks for. Lord, I want to thank you for one of the things we all complain about, and I'm guilty of it. I'm thankful that I live in a bustling, hustling city where traffic is always an issue. It may sound strange to thank you in the midst of traffic, but Lord, there are a lot of people that wish they were healthy enough in the morning just to drive a car downtown and go to work. There are people that wish they had a job to drive to. There are people that wish they could afford a car to drive. So Lord, teach me when I get on 316 and I get in a bad mood because it seems like it's always bumper to bumper wherever you go. You said in all things give thanks for this is God's will for you. Father, I pray we'll give thanks today for the difficult people in our lives and we all have them and we all have to deal with them. I pray that we would remember that those difficult people you put in our lives are there for a reason. To teach us to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, 
I want to thank you for that alarm clock that goes off at 6.15 in the morning. I'm just thankful I can hear the alarm go off. I'm thankful that I have the strength to get out of bed and get going in the day. I'm thankful for the people in this church, for the love that we have for one another. I'm thankful for the diversity we have in this church. I'm thankful that we have Caucasians, African-Americans, Hispanics, Indians, Koreans, Africans. We have people from all walks of life. We're one of the most diverse churches in our denomination. And I'm thankful for our diversity. And even with all the strife and the political division and the tension that's in the air, thankful that we live in a country where we're free to debate, discuss, disagree. And then, Lord, I guess the one thing we take for granted more than anything else, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough to die for us. Loved us enough to shed your blood. Loved us, loved us enough to send your Holy Spirit that we might know you. And I thank you for your continued presence in this service today. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, in, in adoration, we focus on God's greatness. And then in thanksgiving, we focus on God's goodness. Well, there's a third part to prayer. And we call that supplication. And supplication is when you petition God to meet your needs. Because let's face it, very few times do we ever just come to God and just praise God and thank God and say, okay, Lord, have a great day. When we come to God, there's something on our heart. We need him to do something for us, or we need him to do something, to give something to us, or we need him to work something in us. There's something we always need, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, Psalm 143 verse 1 says, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. The psalmist said, Lord, I, I, I'm in trouble. I need you to do so. I need you to show up. I, I need your attention. I need your action. He says in Psalm 86, 6, hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. So here's the wonderful thing about prayer. God actually encourages us to pray for ourselves. It's not selfish to do that. As a matter of fact, it's natural. Because there's one thing I know that's true about everyone I've ever met or ever will be, and always will be to the day we draw our last breath. We all have needs. Some of us have physical needs. Some of us have financial needs. Some of us have emotional needs. We all have spiritual needs. Some of us have marital needs. We all have needs. And God desires to meet those needs. That's the beautiful thing. The Lord wants to meet those needs. Our, our, our Father wants to hear us express our need to Him. He loves it. Um, I, I have four grandkids, and believe it or not, I love it. I really do. When my grandkids come to me and say, Pop, <coughs> would you get this for me? Or would you buy that for me? Or would you? I, I, I need this. I, I, I love to hear that. Because it reminds us of our complete dependence upon his work in our life. So when we come to God in adoration and praise, we focus on God's greatness. God, you're a great God. I praise you. 
And, and then in our Thanksgiving, we focus on God's goodness. God, you're such a good God. You've given me this and you've done this. I, I, I thank you for what you've done. Well, in, in supplication, we focus on God's guidance. Lord, I, I've got a decision I need to make. I need you to guide me. Lord, I've got a need in my life. I need you to guide me on where or who or how that need can be met. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Again, you're focusing on the Lord. But think about one area, two areas, three areas, many as you want to. Where do you really need God to show up in your life? What, what do you really need? And, and let me just, can I caution you on one thing? Too often, we fool ourselves. We think we fool God, but we don't. Too often, we fool ourselves, and we disguise a want in the form of a need. So, in other words, you may say, well, Pastor, I'll be honest. I need to make more money. I've got a job, but there's a promotion coming up, and man, I really need that, that promotion. I need that position. I need a raise. Well, how are you managing the money you're making right now? Are you being faithful with what God is giving you right now? Are you giving back? We talked about this the other day. Are you giving back to the Lord a portion of what he gives to you? Well, no, I'm not. Well, then let me just maybe help you on something. Maybe your greatest need is not more money. Maybe that's your want. Maybe your greatest need is for God to take away greed from your heart, selfishness from your heart, materialism from your heart. Maybe your greatest need is, God, would you help me to see money the way I ought to see it? Would you help me to manage the money I'm making now? So as you really begin to, to, to focus in on your needs, let me just ask you to really run it through the ringer and ask yourself, now, is this really a need or is this really a want? Because I've I found out in my own life, there are some things, and I realize now, the reason why God didn't give me what I needed, because it wasn't what I needed. Actually, I had a need behind the want that I disguised as a need. So what are some real needs in your life? For example, and I'm not making a joke when I say this. Take, think about that difficult person in your life. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it is a relative. Maybe it's a next door neighbor. And maybe you say, I'll tell you what I need. I need my boss to get fired. That's what I need. I need for my mother-in-law to move a thousand miles away. I need for my next door neighbor's house to burn down, just not him in it. No, maybe what you need is a sensitive heart toward that boss because you don't know what's going on in his home. Maybe what you need is a sacrificial love for your mother-in-law who at least bore birth to the spouse that you're married to. Maybe what you need is more of a desire to share Christ with that neighbor. So focus in on your needs, what you really need. And so you might want to pray this first. Lord, before I bring my need to you, 
Would you reveal my greatest need to me? And then, Lord, I'm going to pray for you to meet those needs. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I, I want to thank you that you made a promise that you've always kept. When Paul said, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. I know there are people in this room that they're upset with you because they feel like they've had needs in their life that you didn't meet. But Lord, if your word is true, then I know that when we get to heaven, we will not be able to find one unmet need in one corner of the kingdom of God. We'll look back and realize you did meet every need that we had. Because Lord, if your word is true, if you didn't give it, then it really wasn't a need. So, Father, teach us to always be able to differentiate, differentiate between what our needs are, what our wants are. And I just want to go back and thank you that you didn't give me everything in life I wanted because I wouldn't be where I am today if you had. I wouldn't need to be married to the wife I'm married to if you had. I wouldn't be sitting on this platform if you had. I wouldn't be where I am in my life today if I had. But I do thank you that you always have and you always will meet every true need I have in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's adoration. We focus on God's greatness and there's thanksgiving. We focus on his goodness and then there's supplication. We focus on God's guidance. 
And then there's intercession. And that's when we go to God for the needs of others. Um, Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings. That means for presidents, vice presidents, secretaries of state, speakers of the house, governors, all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So one of the tendencies we have and we all have this, is we kind of get selfish in our prayers, right? We, we try to put God first. We always make sure we get our needs in there second. And then if there's any leftover, we might pray for someone else. Well, we ought to pray for others. We ought to pray for our family, for our church, for our political leaders, for our city, for our nation, for our world. You see, in intercession, you focus on God's government. You focus on the fact God is sovereign, God's in control, God is moving in the lives of other people. So we need to intercede for others. For example, one of the things I would assume you pray for on a daily basis, or at least on a weekly basis, is your one. We ask everybody here to have a one. Who's your one? Who's that one person that you would ask God, as, as we're about to come up on a new year, who's that one person or that one couple, or that one family? Who's that one person? You'd say, Lord, in 2020, help me to reach that person. Help me to share the gospel with that person. You would want to pray for them. And then, you know, obviously, you, you pray for people who are sick, people who don't have the health that you have. You pray for people who are not employed. You pray for that, that, that one black sheep in your family, and most every family has one. You pray for that one black sheep in your family, not so much that they will no longer be a quote-unquote black sheep, but that you would be the loving family member to them, to them that you need to be. So who is, God, who is God right now bringing to your mind? Who's that person or those people that you know you owe it to them and God is expecting you to stand in the gap for that, for that person. It may be, um, to be very frank and honest, maybe it is a political leader. And let's face it, we're all guilty. We all spend a lot more time criticizing our political leaders than we do praying for them. So maybe it's a political leader. Maybe it is that next door neighbor. Maybe it is that son or that daughter. I don't know, but, but whoever it may be. And, and as you do, I would ask you to do this. Let's pray for our city. We're, we're in Duluth. Let's pray for the city of Duluth. We, I met recently with a mayor about just a few months ago. I went over and met with the mayor, and I asked the mayor just one question. Tell me how our church can serve your, our city. What, what, what can we do to serve our city? That, that's all we want to do. I'm not here for anything. I don't want anything. Tell us how we can serve our city. God's put us in this city for a reason, and so we can pray for our city. So let's spend some time right now. We're just praying together. We're praying for others. And then after I lead us in a, in, a, in a closing prayer, we're going to have another song, and then we'll come back together. So let's pray right now.
Father, I join our people as I pray for those folks that uh, you laid on my heart. I think about that brother in our church that's battling a horrific, debilitating illness. And unless you intervene, Lord, uh, he faces a tough future. I just pray that your grace would be sufficient in his life. For that one who's trying to decide what course of treatment that he needs to take for what he's just been diagnosed with, give him the wisdom to go to the right doctor to the right treatment. For those in this building who are fighting back tears because this is their first Thanksgiving without their husband or their wife, their mom or their dad, their best friend, that son or daughter, that grandchild. Lord, may your grace be sufficient in their life. Thank you for those who pray for me, and I know many do. Uh, I want the people to know that do pray for their pastor that uh, nothing they could do for me would mean more to me, encourage me more, bless me more, strengthen me more, inspire me more than their prayers. As the scripture says, far be it from me that I would sin by failing to pray for you. May we always remember to pray for each other as we do it now. In the name of Jesus, amen.
promises are yes and amen. I just feel compelled this morning to share the scripture of what we're singing about this morning. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. And Paul says this, he says that every promise God has made in, in him, in Christ, is yes. This is why we say amen. This is why we say to God be the glory. Because every promise that God has made, it is yes in Christ. Not what we've done not in our earning, not in our striving, not in our strategy. It's because of what He's done and what He's done before us. So this morning we can give thanks for His faithfulness. In the book of James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Let us not forget the source of every good and perfect gift whose name is Jesus. So this morning we can rest in His promises. We can rest in his faithfulness. The ones that he said yes to already and the ones that he hasn't said yes to. We can still sing hallelujah anyway. Amen? So let's sing this together. And I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faith in our faith. Let's sing. And I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. And I will your promises for all your promises are yes and amen sweet service. And it's just been a sweet service. The last part is um, 
a part again that may make some of us uncomfortable, but we save this part for last because we're about to take the Lord's Supper together. And let me just say this. If you happen to come in today and you did not receive your, your elements, uh, there are tables you see around you. Feel free while I'm doing what I'm about to do to just get up and go get your element and take, bring it back so you'll be ready to take it. Hopefully everybody got theirs. But if you didn't, we've got them all over, so feel free to do that. The, the last part of, of this service and this prayer time uh, is a part that I always end up with when, in my prayer life. This is the last thing I do before I finish my prayer time. And it's confession. Confession is admitting to God your sin. So let me make a confession to you today. Um, I got saved when I was a nine-year-old boy. The only time I can remember going a full day that I didn't sin one time is when I was under anesthesia having surgery. <laughs> and that's only been a time or two. Other than that, I really don't think there's been a day you say, really? Because let me tell you, there are two types of sin. There's the sin of commission when you do something you shouldn't do, and there's the sin of omission when you don't do something you should do. So for example... Yeah, I may have gone a day when I didn't really think a bad thought. I didn't really say anything out of line. I didn't really do anything wrong. But maybe I didn't share the gospel when I had a chance. Maybe there was that lady at the checkout counter at the grocery store that I didn't even invite to church. All kinds of ways. So I, I always end my prayer time, and by the way, end my day with confession. The psalmist said, then I acknowledge my sin to you, did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Our relationship with God is permanent, but our fellowship with God is always dependent upon being clean before him. We take a bath or a shower every day to clean ourselves from the dirt of our life as we go around, and we ought to do the same thing spiritually, staying in a state of confession, ask God to forgive us where we failed him, so that we can always know he hears our prayers. So in this part of the prayer, now we focus on God's grace. So what I wanna do is this, I'm gonna lead us in a brief time of confession. And let me tell you why, we're about to take the Lord's Supper. As I say this every time we take it, and I'm not trying to make anyone uncomfortable, this is the Lord's Supper. So it's not for everybody and anybody. It's only for people who truly have confessed and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life. And so if you not, are not a follower of Jesus, you're not a true believer in Jesus, I respectfully would ask you to refrain from taking this part of the supper because it's not for you. Hopefully, it will give you a hunger and a thirst to do it the next time we do it and to be able to take a part of it. We'd ask you not to do it. But it's for believers, but it's also only for believers who are right not just with God, but with each other. Because Paul talks about uh, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 11, he was talking about taking the Lord's Supper, and he says, don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And what he meant was, if there's, if there's sin in your life you're holding on to, you're not willing to confess it, you're not willing to, re to repent of it, then don't take the Lord's Supper. Because that, that, then you're taking it in an unworthy manner. And one of the reasons why the Lord's Supper is so important to us and to my, our church 
It forces you to get right. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, in your confession before the Lord, I'm simply going to ask you, and then, by the way, after we do this, we're going to immediately take the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask you to ask God, Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, Lord, and know my thoughts. If there be any wicked way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. So ask God. You may think, you may say, boy, you know, Pastor, I, I know there's some sin in my life. I just can't think of one. He'll remind you. He's, he's got a great memory. Don't worry. It'll come to your mind. So, Lord, is there anything in my heart you're not pleased with? Is there any area of my life you and I both know I am not obeying you? I need to get right in that area. And then, Lord, is there a relationship? that I need to get right. Even if you're not the one that made it wrong, that's not the point. Is there someone that I know that I'm not right with and I'm gonna get right with? I'm gonna make things right with. So you, don't, you can't take the Lord's Supper. You can't even take the Lord's Supper with that much bitterness in your heart. Can't do it. So if there's anybody you've not forgiven, you need to forgive. If there's anyone that you need to get forgiveness from, but you've not gotten it, but you're going to do it today before this day is over, then you'll be ready to take the supper. So I want you to do two things. As we bow, I want you to say, Lord, is there anything between me and you? Is there any sin in my life I need to confess? Something I've done I shouldn't do, something I've not done I should do. And then, Lord, is there any relationship that I need to make right, and I'm going to make it right? So let's pray together right now. Search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. See if there be any, any wicked way in us. And lead us in the way everlasting. And then, Lord, as we sing this last song here in a moment together, use it to prepare us for the most sacred thing I guess we do in this church when we really sit at the table of the Lord and remember what he did for us and how he died for us. And we pray this in his name. Amen. presence of my enemies it's your body and your blood you shed for me this is how I fight my battles and I believe you've overcome and I will live my soul Praise for what you've done. This
This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battles. And I believe you've overcome the men. I will live my soul in praise for what you've done. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I wouldn't embarrass anybody at all, and I won't embarrass anybody at all. But you know what just blesses me? 
there's a young man in this building right now. He'll take the Lord's Supper really for the first time in his life the way he should because Tuesday night in his home, he prayed with me and asked Christ to come into his heart. That's my prayer for you because there's other young men like that and other young ladies like that. You may be here today and you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm gonna give you a chance in a moment just to do that. But on that night, knowing he was gonna die for our sins, the Bible says Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. And Lord, in your name, I bless it. He said, take, eat, this is my body. As often as you take it, you do it in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you for your body. Thank you for your sacrifice. You're the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then the scripture says likewise that Jesus took the cup. And there's a reason for kids who are in here why it is grape juice. It's the picture of blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And as often as you drink it, you do it in remembrance of me. Father, the Bible says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I thank you that we are permanently, powerfully, perpetually cleansed from sin because of your shed blood. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus died for your sins. He came back from the grave that you could be saved and give your life to him. And you may be like that precious young man Tuesday night. You may say, you know, I, I want Christ in my life. I want to be saved. I, I don't want to be just a good person. I want to be a godly person. And sitting right there in that seat right now, you could pray, just while you're looking at me right now, you could pray to, to something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You're that Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive right now. And this moment, I confess you as my Lord. I trust you as my Savior. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And today, I give you my life. Now, let me just say this. If you prayed that prayer just then and you meant it, God saved you. How do I know God saved me? Because God doesn't lie. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In just a moment, we're going to receive our offering. If you're a guest of ours, would you just take a moment right now, if you'd already done it, and just fill that card out completely before we receive our offering. And then if you would like, you can just drop that card in the, in the bucket when it's passed in a moment. If you made a decision for Christ today, and by the way, you may, uh, if you prayed to receive Christ, would you just sign that card and just check off that box that the Bible says, today I ask Christ in my heart, I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or it may be that you don't need to be saved, but you do need to be baptized. We're baptizing several people in our next service. You know why they're being baptized? Not because they need to be saved. They have been saved. 
But when you get saved privately, you need to make it public. You do that by being baptized. Some of you have never been biblically baptized. I'm going to invite you to fill out that card and check off that box that says, hey, I, I want to be biblically baptized. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home and you'd say, you know what? This is the kind of church I want to be a part of. You just check off that third box, okay? And then as we receive our offering in just a moment, you can either just drop that card in, in, the, in the basket or... At the end of this service, and I'll tell you more about it in a moment, we're going to be, we're, I'm going to be down here at the front. Our staff's going to be down here at the front. You might, may want to come talk to us about your spiritual decision, or maybe you have a spiritual question. and you can, So you can bring your card to us here. Or as you're walking out the door, maybe you haven't had time to fill it out yet, there's a connection table out at the lobby. If you'd like to take your card there, you're welcome to do that. Okay, so either way you want to do it will be, will be fine with us. Now, we're about to receive our offering at the end of every aisle to my left, to your right, there's a basket. If you just get ready to pass that basket, and, and I would just simply ask you to do this. This is Thanksgiving week. Out of gratitude to God for what God has done for you, give God his tithe in your offering. Now, if you've not already gotten one of these, I want to say one last thing. We're asking everybody to do something. We never asked you to do this before. This Christmas, it is Jesus' birthday, right? So we're asking people to give a Christmas gift to Jesus. Here's what we're asking you to do. Whatever you would spend the most on a family member, give that equal gift to Jesus. Now you can give it any time between now and the end of the year. If you'd like to do what Teresa and I are gonna do, we're gonna bring ours Christmas Eve. So if you're gonna be in our Christmas Eve services, you can bring yours Christmas Eve. But at any Sunday the rest of this year at Christmas Eve, at any time, bring that box with you and it's just a Christmas gift to Jesus. It's going to go to help us continue to feed the poor, clothe the, uh, feed the hungry, clothe the poor, send people around the world. It'll help us go to Panama to do a nationwide crusade. It'll help us do so many things. CP Serve Sunday is coming up. It will help us go out to our community and do some unbelievable things for everybody from first responders to senior adults to people who are homeless. That's what you're giving to. So I wanna encourage you to give that Christmas gift to Jesus. So as we pray right now for the offering out of a spirit of attitude and praise and grateful for what God has done, let's receive our offering right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this sweet service. Thank you for the way these wonderful folks, this praise team, thank you for the way they led us in worship today. Now, Father, out of praise and joyful gratitude for what you have done for us, may we give back to you because every good and perfect gift has come from you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as we receive our offering, don't leave. Let me just talk to you about two or three things. Number one, next Sunday, we're going to have our, I'm starting a brand new Christmas series. You ready? You're going to love the title of my series. It's so original. It's called Away in a Manger. Now, not away. It's two words. Away in a manger. That's what we're titling it. And what we're doing, we're going to take such a unique look at Christmas, and we're going to be talking about what, 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 what way, you know, when we sing the song, Away in a Manger, rather than thinking about Away in a Manger, what way is through the manger and in the manger? And then Christmas Eve, I'm going to preach on something I've never preached on in my life. I'm going to preach on the manger. There's a great message in the manger. We're going to be talking about that Christmas Eve. Secondly, Christmas Eve, we always baptize people. I'm baptizing Christmas Eve. If you've never been biblically baptized, 
except for Easter Sunday, there's not a greater time of year to be baptized than Christmas Eve. We're having two services, three o'clock and five o'clock, and I would love to have the privilege of baptizing you Christmas Eve. So if you'd like to sign up, you say, man, I wanna be baptized Christmas Eve. I didn't get fill my card out. Here's what you need to do. Just go, when you leave, or you can either tell one of us or if, if you wanna come down in a moment, or when you leave, if you'll go to the lobby, Go to the connection table there and just say, hey, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. I've never been biblically baptized. I want to be, I wanna sign up for Christmas Eve baptism. They will take care of that, okay? Now, everybody stand to their feet. I'm gonna let you be dismissed in just a moment. First of all, give it up one more time, guys. Y'all did a great job. Thank you for the job that you did. We're doing an altar call. You know, what we're about to do. After I pray, if you've got a prayer need, we're gonna be here and we're, as long as it takes. You can come to me, we're gonna have other staff people, men and women down here. Everything we pray for here will stay here. We don't, no, no, nothing will ever be shared. Your marriage is hurting. You just found out you have cancer. You've got a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You can't find a job. Your life is sucking air and you want somebody just to take time and pray for you, I would love to do that. If you just want to come down here and meet me or meet our staff, if you've got a spiritual question, after we dismiss, we'll be down here. As many of you want to come, you feel free to come. Have a great, great Thanksgiving Sunday the rest of the week. Thanks for being here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you, bless you, exalt you, thank you, glorify you. Thank you that you hear and answer prayer. Thank you for the sweet service we've enjoyed. I pray nobody will leave here without Jesus in their heart. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a good day.